0: Welcome, welcome, guys! We are back for another episode of the Lock In. I'm David Lappin, and I'm here, of course, with three-time best-selling author and cap model Dara O'Carney.
1: Delighted to be here, David. Um, New sponsor, who this? Yeah, no, I. um, You might also notice I have a new uh,
0: (laughs) new patch. You're like a Formula One driver.
1: Yeah, now there's lots of space on the rest of the shirt, so like, no, I mean. (laughs) We can go with a wider lens. Uh, we can even put stuff in the back. I just, just, just putting that out there. Yeah, no, uh, obviously Carl's chat. It was um, actually our guest on this week's show, Barry, who kind of set this up years ago when, when the first book came out, he approached them to have me do a, a thread on the book on their forum. And I, um, I think most people who are asked to do that, they kind of do it for a while and then they politely leave, but I never really got to that part. I just kind of hung around like a, like a bad dog who had found his new home. Um, it's a really nice environment they've created there. Like I have a lot of experience down the years with online forums and they pretty much all in the same way, a group of very bitter people talking about how shit the world is. Um, and you kind of have to, you really have to take specific steps to avoid that. Like, Obviously, I was around way back in the old times in the when the internet started and these forums actually started to pop up. And there was a there were a number of studies done on sort of how these things go. There were three phases, phases that sociologists refer to as um storming, norming, and forming. Storming was the idea that some new people arrive and they kind of like don't fit into the cultural place and they just to create havoc for a while. And then after a while they're normed. In other words, they kind of accept the norms of the place. Maybe there's a bit of to and fro and and they come to an agreement with the existing regulars of new norms and then the new group forms basically. But you constantly need new people coming because if if new people aren't, if you don't keep have this storming phase, the thing stagnates and they sort of drift away from reality and the rest of the world into the sort of bitter universe where everything else is shit. Cards just the opposite of that. They have done everything they can to sort of stop it from becoming a toxic environment. Um, I was actually looking by contrast at a, an old poker forum I used to spend a lot of time on, and I just couldn't recognise it. Like it, it, nobody was talking about poker. They were all incredibly bitter. There were some very bizarre attitudes being uh, expressed, like "Oh, it's fine to scam people." Like I mean, you know, when people give you money, sure, they're, they're, they know they know there's a risk that they're not get, getting it back. So it was, it was a kind of place of where not only would I not go, but I don't think any person who wasn't there already would even consider joining. That, unfortunately, is the way most groups go.
0: Very interesting. Well, I hope I get some sort of kickback for what is now a five-minute ad, I assume, at the beginning of this show. <laughs> and we haven't even brought on our special guest. Um, joining us this week is five-time best-selling author. Dar- Dar- I introduced you three-time, but he's five-time best-selling author barry carter barry welcome to the show
2: i should probably get a kickback from dar as well because as he mentioned at the start i introduced him to the forum um with the plugin but no Card chats very nice i Hi don't guys. see
0: any patches on you barry i, don't, I just see a, a beautiful new book cover
2: yeah i i didn't really think about it and i was even lucky just to have it nearby at the time so there you go done that <laughs> you can ask me anything you want that. this show
0: is just chill to the max these days I'm expecting Dara to be sponsored by Lucas Aid next week I, I don't know what guests we're gonna I suppose you should just bring on Helmet and have a brain fuel sponsor yeah we,
2: we should we should go for that that's the um <laughs> do a show sort of doped upon that all three others that would be good <laughs>
0: can i just point out there Dara, that if you want to uh, go past Barry because I know you're a very competitive person and become five six seven time best-selling author while he doesn't you're gonna have to collaborate with someone else I'm just suggesting maybe I don't out. Do you, want to, do you want to write a book? Do you want to, to scoop by him?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, 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 I think Ian Simpson wants to write a book on um, cats or something, so who knows? You're going to get
0: your name put on that one as well. <laughs> okay, having shilled God knows what the fuck there for the last half an hour. No, in fairness, car shots are good, good lads, good lads. Uh, our actual sponsor, Unibet Poker, better get a little look in here on the last show. We mentioned how the Unibet Online series had come and gone, but we neglected to mention What I think is a very cool little stat, Dara, you have a very um, unique, I'm guessing, maybe there's someone else out there with it, but a very unique um, achievement that you unlocked uh, and and continue to unlock uh, in the U.S.
1: Yeah, every single U.S. series that I've played, I've won at least one event. I think I won two events the last series. And it's obviously just a statistical anomaly because there actually have been some series that really haven't gone that well. And I've been, you know, 27th on the leaderboard, but still managed to at least win one tournament. Um, Which I don't know if it's all that remarkable given, you know, I play 50, 60, whatever number of events. Um, But still, yeah, it's, and it's the kind of thing like the way my mind works, I notice all these streaks and I like to keep them going. So every time the U.S. comes around, it does pop into my mind. Oh, I really want to win an event just to keep that streak going.
0: Excellent. And, the, and the, it keeps the, uh, the the sponsors very happy as well when you do that. Barry Carter, have to mention this. You took Dairy to US this time as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've been, it's the only series I take seriously. Um I've been playing them pretty much since the pandemic started, really, every sort of two or three months. And I was quite pleased for the, uh, the old brag et- equity, as, as we call it. Um, I did realise, just as Dara was talking, that I missed a massive opportunity to claim that I'd won one every single series because you can change your name on Unibet. So I could have said, yeah, I was Winky Biscuit six seven four in you know in March, and I was uh, you know big hot dong or something in the in the summer one and stuff. So I, so I should have done that, but no, I was I was chuffed to uh, to win that one. And I, I had a question as well. Um, I've got a trophy avatar now at UniBet. Yeah. I'm very very pleased with that. That's my own. That's
0: an, that's what we call an NFT, yes, An NFT,
2: right? And I was thinking like. Is it plus EV to display use that avatar when I'm playing poker, or does that make me look like a sort of a a noob? And it's the only thing I've got to show for myself.
0: Well, I think you won the low leaderboard tournament, so I think you can display that one all you like.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I.
0: uh... Yeah, I wonder
1: about that. Like, I do see people with those trophy avatars, and I guess I do play a little bit differently against them as a result. Mm. Um, just assume they're not fish. I mean, obviously, I'd, I'd still play against Barry as a fish, but uh, but yeah, just just on the subject of um, claiming to have won previous tournaments. I mean, I saw Barry claim on Twitter that he was that he defeated Ludo Gaelic uh, heads <laughs> up in the um, in the Les Ukraines. You now, I watched that whole heads up and. But, Barry's disguise for that day was very, very good. He uh he he was he was a lot different from what he normally looks like.
2: Well the, the thing, I mean, there is um there are hundreds and hundreds of anonymous Hendham Mob flags. Just Are you just in there me. stealing all the German results? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could be Andy Hills with all the flags if I if Mob just <laughs> let me in on the database. Andreas Hills. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, look, this does segue nicely, of course, you not only made a final table, but you won those final tables. And I'm sure, you know, somewhere in there, there was maybe coaching material that you were working on that was in the back of your mind at the time that was maybe keeping you fresh and keeping you, shall we say, ICM aware in the end game? Is that enough of the SEO terms there, Barry, (laughs) to to lead you in?
2: Yeah, well, I was going to say, like they obviously didn't contribute to the win because everyone knows that ICM is sort of, it just helps you get min caches and it doesn't help you win the whole tournament in the first place. So they were complete anomalies. But um, yes, I had a good end game poker strategy in that tournament (laughs) because of the the ICM book.
0: Well, it's not all been plain sailing for you guys. This book has come out. I think you've sold four million copies already. It's an incredible uh, effort. I'm oh, no, sorry, 400 copies already. Fair <laughs> play. It's only been out three days, though, so that's pretty good going. But what I do have to say is is you have been hampered. You've actually been hampered somewhat by fucking Bezos and Brexit and all these kind of things that uh, I, I assume you want to get off your chest now. Uh, I don't know which of you want to, has, wants to have a go with this.
2: Uh, I'll let Dara go first because he. I think he still kind of blames me for Brexit, even though I voted the other way. <laughs> yeah, like I like,
1: like I'm perfectly aware, even from the time from talking to Barry that he he voted against Brexit, but uh, you know I need somebody to blame, and in in my mind all these bees like Brexit, Bezos, Boris, Barry, they're all the same. Like they're 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 just trying to ruin things for the rest of us. Um. Yeah. I mean, basically, the situation is because of. Um, Brexit and the general difficulties of getting stuff from the UK anymore specifically Irish people who would have always ordered uh, their paperbacks etc on um, on Amazon.co.uk aren't aren't able to get it at the moment now at the time of recording they actually can get it but what seems to have happened is some other company in the UK has bought some copies and they're now offering to sell them to Irish people for the exorbitant price of 38 Euro so please don't do that please don't buy those pieces.
2: well, I haven't seen that. Oh, no. yeah.
0: I can't believe, can't believe my company's been named and shamed already. That's terrible.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, you, it, it, we are going to have a pile of books at the IPO. We're going to have a signing. So that's that's one option for Irish customers. Another one is just go to Amazon.france. I think you have to pay, pay a little bit more postage coming from France, but it, it'll still be cheaper than the than the gouging rate of uh, of Barry's backshed uh, startup where he's obviously selling these books from. <laughs>
0: well I, I am obviously uh ke- keen to to, to segue to the ipo book launch because i think that's going to be wonderful it'll also get those picketers off your lawn dar i know all the irish poker crew have been just forming you know sort of a line a queue outside your house can't even go for your weekly run anymore now without them you know hassling you it's terrible um but the the ipo will be um the venue for a proper book launch you had a proper book launch for the satellite book and um, that was in malta it was a great uh, event I remember Kesha Scanlon helping us run that one. You of course didn't get to have a book launch for PKO because there was a fucking pandemic and that ruined everything and uh, so you are getting to have one for this one which I think is great. Are you looking forward to
2: it Barry? Uh, very much so. I've not been anywhere uh, for two years um, basically and, and Dara and I have never been in the same vicinity when we've launched a book for whatever reasons and the, the IPO is a is a tournament I've been to a, a bunch of times over the years so I, I was caught and it's it's also probably the ideal target market for the book you know it's not too high stakes but it's a big prize the ICM means something in those tournaments so uh, I am delighted to be getting out of the house absolutely.
0: Excellent stuff. Dara. lots of feedback, uh, all positive, that I've seen for the book so far. Uh, not surprisingly, it's a, a brilliant book. And to be honest, particularly in the post-flop ICM section, I think you've really broken some ground. Uh, any unexpected feedback, though?
1: Yeah, probably most unexpected feedback was the day the book lo- launched as I was preparing to go to bed. Um, I got some messages from Mason Malmuth, who, of course, is the uh, inventor of ICM, let's say. And he had already read the book in its entirety, and we proceeded to have a very long, detailed discussion about some finer points. He sent me a math paper re- recently written by a professor, um, and he said that the professor in question had also bought the book. Um, it was really eye-opening to me that someone like Mason, you know, even at this stage of, of, of his uh journey was, was, was be very careful. I didn't know where that was going. Was, was that engaged and still interested to see what was being what, what, what a lot of people what, say that about you, Dara. So, <laughs> true, yeah, I mean it's, it's just two old guys having a have you, ha, ha, having a chat about the old days. But uh, yeah, no, that 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 was um really eye-opening. We're hoping to have Mason on a show on the chip race uh, not too in the not too distant future to, to, to talk about that and some other stuff he's been up to. Um that was that was certainly the most unexpected feedback the the, 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 the other most unexpected thing was you mentioned the previous book launch in malta and the most unexpected thing for me that day was that about 90 percent of the people who turned up were finnish um and Finns apparently only have about four names tommy mika whatever the other ones are but but they have like seven different spelling variations of each name so it was quite a confusing thing for me but uh I thought, well, this at, at the IPO it'll, it'll obviously be different. But I have actually been contacted by a Finnish TV crew who are going to be shooting at the IPO, so so there might actually be more Finns than I expect there.
0: Great, stuff. Well, great to see people are going to be travelling for this. I did think it would be a mostly Irish affair, but. Um, you know, obviously we have Barry coming over from the UK. I'd say there might be some English and Scots over and, uh, yeah, maybe yeah. some Finns too. That would be well, great the, fun. the IPO gets
2: lots of French players every year, doesn't
1: it? It used to. It used to. That, that that was more back in the days when there was no live poker in in yeah. uh, in France. There was a period where live poker really wasn't a thing in France and the French just started coming en masse, not just to the IPO, but to, um, you know, the Six Max. In fact, the Six Max was so popular among the French that it eventually Became a winner. Winner Max, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and these scores of them used to come for the European Deep Stack as well. Um, so there was there was a fine tradition of you know just the, our, the French arriving on mass and almost taking over a tournament. I think if it's less of a factor these days because they obviously have live poker, but you still do get a decent number of French Belgians. Belgians in particular, for some reason, um, we had a lot of Belgians at the last one.
0: Well, we're counting down 10 days now until the IPO begins. It's pretty much going to start the minute, the second that live poker is allowed back in Ireland. We could <laughs> literally, literally yeah. not miss in a split second. We're like right in there uh, in the Bonnington, the moment it happens. I do know for a fact this is going to be a sellout I think hotel rooms are already largely booked up, so you're going to have to, you know, scout around maybe. There's there's good hotels around O'Connell Street. You've got some options, maybe Airbnbs and whatnot, if you are coming over. But I would recommend anybody thinking about this one 10 days out now, make some plans. Don't think you can just kind of show up on the day and it'll be smooth sailing. You want to do a little bit of pre-planning, I think. Um, there is words that they're going to build some kind of construction in the car park, perhaps, to add more tables. They literally feel like there's going to be that big a turnout that they might need a marquee, maybe an extra so 10 to 14 tables out there is being looked at. Um Nick o'hara has added a 1k event to the schedule which is really exciting. That's actually going to receive some of the feature table coverage which I know will be sponsored by Looks on Pay. Um Unibet are obviously the sponsor of the festival itself but Looks on Pay have decided to put their name on that particular tournament which is great. And uh, yeah no look I think it's going to be fantastic. Tower's going to be overdoing some commentary. Dara, I know you and I will be in the box a fair bit. Barry, we're going to drag you into the uh, the commentary box for I, I don't know at least you
2: know once a day for an hour I hope uh, yeah, I hope you're up absolutely. for that be a- Nice treat to uh, Yorkshire men in the commentary box. If me and Tower get oh, no, worried. not at the same time, no, we couldn't have that.
0: No, no one will <laughs> no tune in if we have the two- <laughs> we have speeches up, but no, but it'll still be great to have you. Um, but no, Tower's a great lad, and he has obviously done the live stream coverage for I want to say at least the last two, maybe even the last three IPOs. Um, and it's been a really, really uh big thrill to, to do it with him. He's a bit of a legend of um Midlands and uh, where, where, where is Blackpool? Where is Blackpool? <laughs>
2: that's in the north that's really that's
0: really legend of the north in English.
1: Okay. I think anywhere off the off the, off the, main motorway that goes to the UK those are the kind of areas that he hits yeah, um, yeah I mean he's brilliant like he's just such a workhorse uh, like he can do 12-14 hours no bother um He's, he's he's pretty amazing on that stuff. I, I would say on the 1K as well. I mean, Barry just noticed, but he was instrumental to us getting uh, getting that off the ground. Um, the problem with one k is, is you're always worried about is there going to be any value? And we told him, well, there's this single fish who's traveling, and uh, he, recently, <laughs> he recently he recently won a Unibet online series event, and he's got lots of book money with him. So uh, yeah.
0: Uh, Very <laughs> well look on the ipo there are i think at least four day ones there might even be a sneaky fifth day one so there's loads of chances to get in there's gonna be an online day one this weekend Is that right, darren this weekend
1: yeah this weekend yeah so actually when you said 10 days technically it's actually starting in uh, in um two...
0: two 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 days from when this comes out no tomorrow tomorrow that's it <laughs>
1: Tomorrow you can play. Or, it might, or, about, or it might be next weekend because both of us are so incredibly unprofessional. We I have no
0: idea. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nick. You'll have to come on the show if you want us to get the plugs right. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to obviously, the big stuff going on at the moment in the world of <clears> poker <throat> is the World Series. It's been going eight days. Uh, as per the time of broadcast, and Barry, you wrote an article just ahead of that with a number of predictions. You've also filled out a bingo card. I don't know how the bingo cards going, but it was it was a more humorous bingo card. Uh, I think you had twenty five slots in that one, and a few of them already came in. But uh, you you did write an article for Poker Strategy that had five predictions. The first one, I'm gonna, I'm yeah, I'm gonna cover I'm gonna cover. I'm gonna be nice. You said there was it was going to be a good series for. Daniel Negranu, Why did you think that?
2: Yes, yes. Uh, partially to tilt you two, uh, obviously. Um, I, uh, I, I hate making predictions about which players will do well because you are essentially just making a prediction about who's going to run well in the series because there's too mm-hmm. many good players for one of them to shine over the rest. But I've just had this thing in my head that the, his loss to Doug Polk I personally think, is going to prove to be a really good investment for him, albeit a 1.2 million one. Because he, yeah, because he's, um, I think he's just been forced to up his game massively. And he's, he's won two tournaments since since then, you know. He's
0: no, he did, and, and I think there was 11 down. people in
2: one of those, and there was maybe 17
0: people in the other one, no? They yeah, were yeah, there.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, that was my
2: prediction. So it's been a week. He hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't cashed yet. You put the muckers on him, Carter. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's a there's a long old series. Helmet seems to be doing well. I should have picked him out instead. Well,
0: exactly. Phil Helmet three cashes already, two final tables. Uh, he actually went very deep in the 08 event that just finished. Uh, he came fifth. We'll be talking a bit about that one uh, in, in a few moments' time. But before we move on to that, your second prediction was dealer issues. Can you be a bit more specific?
2: yeah well it's it's been rumored for quite some time and in in recent weeks it's been kind of clearly showing the case that there is there are dealer shortages in vegas um just like there are skill shortages worldwide um because of pan- pandemic related issues um a couple of the sister uh, casinos to the to the rio have had to close the poker rooms uh, so they can move all the dealers from there into them uh, we've already seen um one of the daily deep stack tournaments uh, this week cancelled because there weren't enough dealers um and Geraldo was inconsolable neil farrell friend of the show inconsolable
0: <laughs> i think it was on his birthday as well he was he was planning a nice long session and a rio deep stack that day
2: and the um and the the, the world series t- like I, the world series took the controversial decision to not require vaccines on the dealers, the same that they, although having they, although they've required vaccines on all the players in the t- in the series this year, which obviously points to there not being enough dealers to um, to make it possible for a, a completely vaccinated series. So for that reason, my prediction is basically that I, I just think there's going to be an issue. It could be. They're not very good this round time round because there's less of a pool to pick from. It could be that a bunch of dealers might get sick, which seems very likely. Um, or and you know, uh, there's, there's, I've heard some people complaining about dealers so far this series, but people always do. So I'm not claiming that as me being right yet. But I, I just think it's just inevitable. This, this is not denigrating the World Series in the slightest. I, I think this would be inevitable in any series uh, under the conditions that they're in. I just think it's one of those things that's inevitable this this year, unfortunately.
0: Well, you sort of touched on it there, but uh, COVID is playing a part and it's actually part of your purge prediction. Dara, I want to bring you in on this stuff. Barry thinks it's going to be a COVID-related scandal.
1: It's, it, it seems reasonable. Yeah. Um, I mean, before we move on to the dealers thing, I have heard some scare stories coming back too, but we do get that at, at every WSP, like the standard of dealers at WSP is just never very good because all the best leaders in Vegas are working in other casinos. So they have to get everybody in. And um, I, I think the issues this year are more likely to be around shortages, not that the standard is just going to be lower, but, but yeah, I've heard scare stories like, dealers saying stuff at the table that they, that they really shouldn't in the middle of a hand, which could influence action and so on. So um, that's, that's obviously an issue. On the COVID thing, everybody is saying to me more or less the same thing. The only, that Literally the only thing they're doing is making sure that all the players are vaccinated. There are no other precautions really in place. And i talked to a few players on this and like they're actually quite concerned about it as well um there is a feeling that this is sort of a just massive giant petri dish they're, they're they're creating out there in the desert at the moment um i was speaking to jennifer tilly a few nights ago and she said she's actually decided not to go to the world series this year because of her concerns over that area so yeah i think i think definitely something's going to come Now, the, the thing is with the gestation periods maybe we will not know until after the series and suddenly lots of people get sick um that's that's a possibility um, but yeah, I think that's a that's a that's a reasonably safe prediction. Um, you know, people are crowded in at tables like they haven't even reduced the numbers. I've heard reports of ten-handed
2: tables. Not ten-handed tables. Lots of people are talking about that. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, it's it, 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 it is pretty grim.
0: Well, you mentioned there Gentilly not going, and obviously you know, we're very unlikely to go, although I know you're sort of keeping the door ajar at the moment, Dara. But, you know, with a lot of Europeans not traveling, you know, I'm sure a lot of conscientious Americans deciding it, it, it's, it's a year to miss, I guess, even though that's uh, disappointing to do so. Um, it does point to what is your fourth prediction, Barry, which is less runners for the 29, uh, for the uh, than there was in the 2019 main event, which was obviously a very big one. Um, it was sort of getting back towards not like Jamie Gold numbers, but that mm-hmm. sort of area, and uh, yeah, a lot of people were predicting maybe it would go over the top of that this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, if if you had a bet at the start of this year on the number of runners in the main event, or whatever side of the bet you took you have had a roller coaster ride that you've rarely seen gambling. I mean, there's been so many things that point to the series being massive this year. And there's been so many things that point to the series being uh, tiny by comparison. You know, there was some record numbers coming out of the World Poker Tour events. We were getting lots of good news about vaccines and things like that. And then just at the last sort of minute, we've had, uh, you know, vaccine requirements and uh, stuff like that, and um, I, I set the line at seven thousand, and I said I'd take the under um, uh, this time around on the main event. And so far, um, we've had some pretty big numbers for the smaller buying tournaments. The um, you know the reunion got something like twelve thousand, almost thirteen thousand runners, which is pretty spectacular. I think there was about eight thousand uniques. Um, but the high roller events seem to have seem to be pretty small by comparison. We've had a couple of events under a hundred. Um, the 25K event was 139 players, I think. Um, so, um, you know, the World Series main event is always a special event that defies any kind of normal logic in, in that respect. But I'm still going to say under 7000 this year for the main event.
1: I, th- I think that trend that you're talking about, about the, <clears throat> the smaller runner fields getting incredible numbers, that, that, that literally started um, after... Black Friday, as far as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Everybody was curious that year what, what what would happen. And kind of the WSAP put out a statement saying actually the numbers were up. But that kind of belied the fact that what was actually happening was they were putting on these, um, it was when they started putting on lower buy-in events. You know, when I started going to the World Series, they taught that... Any event would be under 1K was just unthinkable. Mm -hmm. Um, And now most, like a a very high proportion of the events are. So what's been happening in recent years is the numbers of those things have just been getting bigger and bigger. But the WSOP main event has also been holding its own or or, or even getting bigger. Um, It's the stuff in the middle that's getting squeezed. Um, The Sort of the the traditional 1Ks, 1500s, 2.5Ks, 5Ks, 5Ks, um, and the high roller events, as you mentioned. So... I'm not sure how much effect the pandemic has had on that. I think we might have we might have seen that anyway. I think we would have seen incredible numbers if there had been no issue around vaccinations and all that stuff. There was such a pent-up demand. Um everybody was just sort of and even like recreational players um in Europe were very very excited guys who talked about going out there uh, at some stage it was on their bucket list. And they kind of decided, well, this is the year I'm going to do it because last year made them kind of realize you can't just keep kicking that down the road. You can't take for granted that it, that it will always be there. Now, all of those players have had to cancel. Um, there there will still be Europeans traveling across, uh, assuming the travel restrictions are lifted, which will boost the numbers at the last uh, minute. I know Jack Har- Hardcastle has booked a flight for the fifth. He's basically gambling that the restrictions will be lifted by then. Um, when, when you have as much money as Jack, you can obviously gamble on, 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 on those sort of outcomes. But I think there will be others as well who are just sort of taking the view. If I can get to the main event by any means, I'll uh, um, I'll, I'll be there. Um, so I think it, it it could be a kind of a strange series in that suddenly in November, we'll have a a, a, a fairly big new wave of, um, of Europeans traveling across. Very good. Well, the
0: fifth prediction on... Barry's list was really boring, to be honest. It was a fondly remembered series, which is not the brand of this show. We don't like talking about nice things. go straight into the controversy. Or go on, yeah, do you want well, to say something about a fondly remembered series, Barry? I don't know what to do with that. To be perfectly honest,
2: it was mostly because I've spent the last sort of four or five months on Twitter just doing jokes, shitting on the World Series <laughs> uh, because of all the back and forth with the vaccine rules. And I just didn't want the World Series to make... To think that I was sort of being antagonistic towards them, I, I just think it's an impossible situation that they're in, and I, other than maybe the deal of vaccine non-requirements, I don't, I don't know what I would have done differently in their position. Um, but I do think people will look back at this series fondly because everyone kind of appreciates that it's going to be imperfect. There's going to, we're all, everyone's going to have to make sacrifices. And I think people might say, oh, yeah, it was quite nice going back. It was, uh, you know, it wasn't too bad wearing the masks and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was very vague. It was, uh, I I just wanted to be nice. I just wanted to end on a more positive note after doing my bingo card. I'm trying to imagine the situation where
0: Caesars or, or the Rio or WSOP are sitting around around and going, what are we going to do about this Barry Carter guy who keeps shitting on us on, on Twitter? No, no, you'd be And wrong. then they went, oh, no, hang on. Oh, no, it was a nice, was, his fifth prediction was nice, so he's grand again, we're fine. You, you'd be
2: wrong, you'd be wrong. I, um, I have upset somebody at the World Series who said to me, this is years ago, who said to me, I shall be watching what you write very closely.
0: Oh out wow. like like in an 86 kind of you know eight yeah. months yeah. kind of So,
2: so okay. I'm very I'm um, I'm very mindful of uh of that. So let's make some news. Who threatened your life, Barry Carter? <laughs> no, he didn't threaten my life. He just you know he just said he's ah. gonna keep an eye on my career. It's gone okay. So obviously he was he was looking out for me.
0: <laughs> oh, please tell us who this is. Come on, we can make we could actually you know elevate this show to to a, a viral. Sensation! If you can. No, I've seen what happens when you put out your Vora clips <laughs> <quiffs> and it's. <laughs> let's not go back there. Let's no, let's no. move swiftly on. We'll move swiftly on from there. What's <laughs> actually happening at the W S O P right now is Ari Engel has taken down event nine, the ten k, uh, 08 uh, Omaha event. He outlasted a relatively small field so kind of what you said is holding up here 134 runners including Phil Helmut who made the final table and ultimately came fifth I mentioned that a moment ago Helmet got 80 grand for his trouble Ari got 317k for his trouble, and he also got his second gold bracelet. Ari had famously run shite in World Series past, and then 2019 picked up a bracelet in the 2.5k, and, and now he's obviously put one on the other wrist uh, this time around. We're delighted for him, one of our favorite people in poker. Uh, always root for Ari, so delighted to see that one. Probably the biggest news of today, as it is from our point of view of yesterday, from the World Series point of view with the time difference and it's actually the day before yesterday from your point of view watching this hope that's all clear now uh, is Jason Kuhn won event number 11 the 25k heads up championship event that's a really big one Uh, I think it was 57 runners maybe I hope I got that right Uh, ultimately boiled down to 8 of the lads cashing the round of 8 was the cashers and uh, no pal of mine, Benjamin Reason, I was delighted to see came seventh. Uh, he uh, he picked up a, a nice little 36K for his trouble as a guy I knew from before him years ago. Hadn't seen much of him on the poker scene for the last while and spotted his name there. Uh, also falling in that round was Mikita Badzikowski, um from Belarus. Uh, big name player these days, one of the best in the world. And uh, and then making the, the sort of semi-final stage were Daniel Zach and Henry Pustinan. Now, Henry Pustinan, uh, D- D- Dara Henry being one of those finished names, of course, that uh, is, is just one of the four that everyone has. Yeah, it's
1: two N's, two I's, three R's, something two like U's.
0: that. In this case, this time, but uh, Henry is better known online as Clicker or Button Clicker. And people who sort of follow uh, poker closely will know that he was one of the coaches of uh, Douglas K. Polk uh, for the Polk D-Nex Challenge. Uh, He was obviously coached by Frab and Clicker. Clicker is the 21 year old sort of uh, sensation uh, phenom. Um, I, I think Frab is a little bit older, but uh, everyone was sort of saying when this Pusinan guy turns 21, watch out for him. Well, he turned 21 a few months ago, straight out there, straight into third spot in the heads up 25k. I suppose a bit of a specialty of his. Uh, ultimately, then it was uh, Gabor Jabo from uh, Hungary and Jason Kuhn in the final. Jason managed to win that in the wee hours of this morning. And uh, take down, yeah, a, a bracelet, 250 grand. He gets that monkey off his back. He's no longer getting called the, the best player who hasn't got a bracelet. I guess we have to hand that over to Stevie Chidwick or someone like that, do we?
1: Stevie has none, yeah. I mean, if Stevie doesn't have one, it's definitely Stevie.
0: Barry Carter, who who's the best player who doesn't have a bracelet as of today? Dara. There we go. That was the right answer. That was the right answer. (laughs) Barry wants to write a fourth book with Dara. Um, Moving on. uh, uh, I suppose, and it's a handy enough segue is Jason Kuhn has moved to GG, sort of like uh, well done GG for picking an ambassador and he immediately gives you some headlines a couple of days later, that was uh, fortuitous timing Uh, we obviously have a good pal in there in John Scanlon who sort of is in the mix with choosing ambassadors and lining up ambassador things and whatnot. so I'm sure John is uh, sitting pretty today thinking he he made a very good acquisition Uh, in joining the GG crew uh, Kuhn's role includes some special duties beyond simply representing the brand, he spoke about this uh, kind of at his press conference, press release, whatever you want to call it. He did with Daniel Gran a few days ago. He said some of his work will focus on strengthening the poker room security and game integrity efforts. Kuhn will also serve as an advocate for the high roller VIP and high volume players. This was sort of interesting to me because obviously we've had the RTA scandal involving Cruz. We've been talking about that stuff. That's probably like nearly nine <coughs> months ago now, but you know, it's still there in the background. Uh, Jason said something along the lines of, I'd be very familiar with what GTO lines look like. So in terms of recognizing when someone might be using RTA, I think I'm a good candidate. I'm a good person to have there in the team. But it, it made me feel kind of weird about there because what Jason was basically implying was, yeah, I'm going to be in there in the back room sort of helping them figure out who's cheating. Well, like if you're sponsored by the site, are you allowed? Be in the back room looking at the stuff back there. Like, we're not allowed to do that at unibeth. So, I was, I thought that was already a kind of an interesting thing to think about.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily have interpreted that as he's in the background going, like, that lad's cheating, get him off the site. I think I I thought it was more along the lines of like advising them on how to spot it. Okay. Um, uh, Which is, you know, um, but again, this is this is an interesting area because you remember David at, at one of our meetings in Unibet. We were quite interested to know how Unibet goes about this because Unibet obviously takes it very seriously as well, and their security is so good that they wouldn't even tell us. Which I mean, I don't blame, given that one of the two of us is known widely as Leaky Lappen. But but their sort of attitude was well, like if people know what we're doing to catch cheats, then they can sort of get around it. Now, Jason, in his interview, seemed to be implying they were going sort of the chess route of if you're playing too perfectly, you must be cheating, um, which, you know, first of all, I'm not 100% sure that's true. You know, you could get somebody who's just like literally so close to GTO that even with that RTA, they're able to get there. Um it's a bit dangerous. It's they they used to ban people from athletics, um, not because they caught they found any um, drugs in their system, but because they had abnormally high levels of um, testosterone, um, particularly females, and that was eventually proven to be not a very good way to catch people because some people have just very naturally high levels. I think the same thing could happen in poker, where some people are just naturally playing very close to GTO. Um, and are we just going to say, well, you must be cheating then? The other thing is like, if we know that that's the mechanism, then presumably uh, somebody with RTA could just throw in a few random lines uh, to throw them off the scent. Um, so it's a very difficult area because like I said, I mean, I, I do come back to the point that it kind of like it's important. They can't really talk about what they're doing to catch cheats too much, because if they do, then the cheats know what they have to avoid.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I actually had an interesting interaction with star security team only a few months ago, I was actually in the process of writing a report on it, I had been approached by a um, person on Twitter who was pretending to be something they weren't and they were <laughs> also pretending to be somebody on uh, Skype and I know you actually had an interaction with the same person, Dara, and I was sort of trying to build a, a little case away in the background to sort of maybe trap them at some point down the line, what I hoped was that they might reveal an account detail or something when they thought they really had me on the hook as someone who's going to send money and they did that. They actually did make a mistake, and I immediately uh, notified some people we know in Poker Stars because it was a Poker Stars um, screen name that they gave me a Poker Stars identification, and I immediately passed it on. And they said, "Look, thank you very much for doing this. What we would say now is don't publish your piece because we don't want it out there because that would sort of ruin the the, the element of surprise or the element of the person not knowing they've been caught already. So that maybe they were trying to." you know, uh, pick up more data or information on them. I'm guessing that was part of the process. But they also said to me, thank you for this, hand it all over, send us the email and we'll say thank you very much for sending this and you will never hear from us again. You won't know how it went. You won't know how anything went through. And I have no information. And and, and they are locked tight on that. All, all the different people we know and all the different sites. This is one area where you just won't get any information from anybody. They, they, they keep those things really close to their chests. And, the, and they obviously, for very important reasons, don't want to, um you know, reveal anything, particularly when they might have a cheater on the hook and they might be able to link that person to other accounts. They might be able to link that person to bank accounts. They might be able to link that person to other players. So,
2: you know, that's, that's sort of part of parcel of what, what they're all trying. Barry, any thoughts on this stuff? Yeah. I mean, the the only thing that I'm sort of reminded of is that I don't know if you've ever read the Freakonomics books. I have. Um, Yeah. They, 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 um, they did the opposite thing once where they, uh, they put out some disinformation to catch some cheaters, they uh, one the first of the free economics books, they had a chapter called "Why Suicide Bombers Don't Take Out Life Insurance," and um, obviously, like you know, uh, they probably don't believe it or whatever. But um, and then people sort of keep slammed them. it
0: Perry. Keep it light. You know, entertaining. Country. No, well,
2: and then and then you know, some people were very critical of that, saying, well, you know, you shouldn't have put that out." But then it turned out that some people uh, on like a CIA um suspect list or something all started taking out life insurance as a result and they were able to narrow down on who the actual uh, potential suicide bombers were so in a way what you could do is you, if you were a, if, they, if you were stars in that example you could have put out something yeah like oh yeah everyone has a everyone, anyone with a blue avatar or something we know is a cheater for something or other and then people change to, to a green avatar I'm out of my depth for this example as you can tell but yeah I yeah, Jason Kuhn nice guy <laughs>
0: <laughs> well look I'll give John Scannon the last word and, and, and end it on it because I do agree they're a really nice guy and and you know wherever he was to go it'd be very hard even if you had some issues with the site it'd be very hard to have issues with the man um, John Scannon director of sponsorships and live events over at GG said we view ambassadors as part of our overall team having a player of his calibre providing advice and direction and representing the most committed segment of our player community is invaluable to us and i'm sure he will be invaluable to them because he is a fantastic guy he'll bring them both final table appearances where he'll be nicely patched up and, and hopefully he'll do the stuff behind the scenes because that's good for poker in general well at this point i normally do a sort of a uh, a roundup I'm, I'm thinking i might do my my roundup there is nothing else. yeah hang on
1: this for the one thing i want to discuss first of all um okay so, so this week in Gamble Online, you published the second of your blog trilogy about good poker, et- good poker etiquette.
0: Fantastic. Now,
1: I found the piece quite surprising. I mean, it's, it's typical Lappin. They ask you to write about good etiquette, and you actually wrote about the times that your etiquette was bad. <laughs> you want to explain yourself?
0: Well, um, yeah, I suppose I can explain myself. So... Um... Obviously, we, we've been doing a little bit of writing for these guys at Gamble Online. Uh, it's, it's been great fun to do us. We've also had a few segments on the chip race with them as well. Paul Seaton is their main poker writer, and he's a great guy when it comes to both quality of writing and, um, you know, really churning out a lot of good, you know, poker content of a good quality, getting interviews of a high end himself. And uh, we were happy to sort of play a small role in that over the last few months and one of the things was them commissioning us both to, to write a few articles I know you've written one we talked about it on the last show and yeah they asked me to write uh, on etiquette and then I just had this idea of like immediately just thought of like three times where my, my etiquette was uh shall we say questionable, uh, less than ambassadorial. And uh, but before I was an ambassador, you're, you're, mind I too. think
1: you're skipping a step here. I think you probably spent about four hours trying to think of a time you had behaved well at the table and <laughs> so you, just, you just dipped into, the other, po- into the, in the other pot.
0: Well, I know. OK, so you asked me about it. So the first one was actually a repeat of a story I told on the Hendon mob um, first flag show with Rowland where I talked about where I accidentally shot an angle back when I was a real newbie in 2007 uh, when I stumbled into a little known tournament festival called the Dutch Masters on my holidays where I, you know just walked in off the street jumped in a 200 quid event thought, oh this would be good I was going to play 200 quid cash I'll jump in the 200 euro didn't realise it was a rebuy with fucking rebuys being flown in like mad anyway I okay. long, guys, story, long, long story short I, I oh I, it's too late for that I did throw a li- little bit of an angle in that one and i told that story and that's the first one but the second one was actually a time we were in the isle of man Dara. you'll remember it you remember me coming giddily running giddily over to you and Dara Davy at the break to tell you how what a genius i was how i did the most evil genius slow road of all time
1: yeah, I do remember I I remember wincing at the time too at the at the because you, you basically took a risk. You assumed the dealer was going to do something, and while they probably were going to do something, there was a you know non-zero chance that they weren't, and you were going to lose a significant amount of equity. And you were boasting about this to the two of the people you'd swapped with in the tournament. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> in my defense, I so I don't want to spoil it. I want you to go read it. Go gamble online blog, guest author, David Lappin, uh King on Slow Rolls and please read it and I hope you enjoy it because I think it is a funny story but what I will say in my defense is and Dara's right right at the end of it uh, it involves me mucking my hand in a situation where I knew when you call on the river you couldn't muck your hand it was a poker star's rule at the time and I had it we had a very vigilant dealer who had already enforced that rule moments earlier at the table so I was very confident they were going to do it again but I, I did so I mucked my hand and knowing that they would eventually flip it over um, and I did have the winner but I didn't throw them very close to the dealer. I mucked them at least like halfway between us. So if they did go to muck them, I would have thrown myself. It would have ruined the spectacle. It would have ruined the moment. It wouldn't have had the poetry to it. But, it, but I would have, I, because I was swapping with you and Davey, you both had your 10 ball. I would have dived on those cards, revealed my quads and, you know, pulled in my big pot. <laughs> Yeah, I mean,
1: either, either either way, it was going to be entertaining. If they did actually muck your card, we would never have heard the end of it either. I've I've heard this story several hundred times now because you you trot it out every time you see me, pretty much. Um, and it, but but every time it does make me wince. Um, but you know. I would say to people, if the, if you read the story and you, you know, have a very, very bad impression of David, it was a very different Lappin back then. He was being glorious, obnoxious, arrogant, determined to prove to everybody how smart he was, how much he, smarter he was than everybody else, um, you know, as opposed to the slightly less all of those things version of Lappin that he is now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'll go it's with that. A, 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 a... I'll take that review. It's a double risk, though, surely, because in some card rooms it would, that would have been considered collusion, wasn't it? Oh, chip dumping—you fold in the nuts and the—oh, yeah. uh, is that spoiler in the hand? No, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's collusion in some cases. That's another—that's another aspect. <laughs> that, would, I, would, I, I didn't apparently even... try to chip dump here. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean that, that's terrible. I haven't been slow rolled like that since yesterday when Dara was confirming that some books had arrived. <laughs> Tell us that story. That's really good. You guys were having
0: fun on social media yesterday, and go on another fucking book plug because we haven't. A- no, no,
2: no. Dara was having fun. I was not. I, I yeah. I've been, I've been getting really stressed out about the Ireland Brexit book thing. Like really stressed out um, because Ireland are our biggest. They're not our biggest market, but they're our most enthusiastic market. We're very, very appreciative of the Irish customers. They're the engine that gets the book sales going for us. So I've been getting really stressed out about it, and it's been a ball ache to even get some books over to Dara in the first place for this book signing. And... I'll, I'll let Dara take it away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. So I knew I knew these books were on the way, and Barry,
1: Barry was on it. Like Barry was like, they're on the boat now. Now they're on the van to the depot. Oh no! Oh no! Shit! Now they're in, they've been stopped in customs. What's going on? What's going on? So Barry gets very very stressed about this stuff. So the books did eventually arrive. Um, so obviously, you know me being me, I decided I'm going to try and wind him up about this because he had he'd imagined all sorts of horrible scenarios, like th- when they opened the box to see what was in it, that they just ruined all the copies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I said, "Okay, Barry, there's good news and there's bad news." Um, but before I could <laughs> before I could tell him what the thing was, we had to go off and interview somebody for the chip race. <laughs> so so I left him stewing for an hour, came back to a stop fucking around, what's going on message um and then i started to answer and then we had to interview somebody else so i disappeared off again um and yeah barry kind of lost his mind in the in the meantime he imagined all these scenarios actually some some of them were quite funny he imagined that for example i didn't believe in icm anymore and i was going to disavow the book Yep, literally that, that came into my head yep yeah that that there was a typo on the cover that devores wanted his quote removed from the book that we were going to get sued over something maybe mason didn't like something we said about icm or something um probably the funniest one was he thought he he imagined that maybe the guy in the in the customs depot had just taken a marker and written english content every single book (laughs) (laughs) Um, and as soon as we put that out there one irish guy on on twitter came straight on and goes i have a marker
0: (laughs) Barry, what is it? This was a terrible working, an abusive working relationship you have with this man. Well, this is this is the thing, right? Like,
2: like everyone knows, Dara is a former world class runner, and we know he's an elite level poker player, and we know he's an amazing teacher and writer. But I think I've brought out the. The absolute talent in, in him, which is workplace bullying, <laughs> um, <laughs> which, 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 which it's, to be uh, honest,
0: Ari, is kind of
2: moving in on my turf here because that's normally what I do at Unibet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, in your in your when you were moonlighting uh, for Vegas slots online, when you interviewed us both, you you said who would play you both in a film, and I just said like basically the two guys from the film Whiplash. If you ever seen that, the the film about the music teacher that bullies his uh, student physically and emotionally uh, to the brink of ruin it's a fantastic film by the way if you've seen right
0: it. damien chazelle's first movie isn't it it's great jk simmons yeah plays, yeah uh, bu- uh, he, he plays dara
2: yeah yeah and i'm the uh i'm the plucky young talented drummer by yeah. process of elimination <laughs> who, has,
0: who has like broken hands and yeah <laughs> his and he's so <laughs> frazzled by the end
2: <laughs> well I'm i'm actually impressed because after the previous two books um, I've sent Dara a message to the effect of, it's out, we're authors, are you excited? And the first thing he's replied to the previous two times was, uh, w- w- when are you starting on the next one? <laughs> like not well done or go us or anything like that. So I'm impressed he hasn't done that yet because there is, there is another one on the go because I'm a glutton for this shit. So <laughs> good, man, good man. So so it'll, next time we have this, it'll be
0: six-time award-winning and, f- and four-time award-winning. No, not award-winning, sorry, best-selling, best-selling. Yeah, well, Possibly- Possibly award-winning when the LGPIs come around in January, guys. This—I I, swear—I don't—I don't think there's a decent book on the market these days. I think you guys are absolutely quids into win this one. I think you well, Maria Konnikova chuffed out some nonsense, and Michael. Acevedo. That was more than a year ago. More than a year ago. Oh yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, those no 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 work from twenty twenty counts. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah. Scrap all that. Yeah, god lads. Yeah, that's perfect. You definitely yeah. win.
2: Be rigged if you don't win now. Yeah, well, we've we've had loads of fun, loads of looking, uh, book, Twitter polls, and voting things in the past. Uh, as an in, in joke for you, um, but, but Twitter no, polling is always a great way to decide. Twitter
0: polls very fair. It's very it's an uncorruptible medium.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's you know I mean obviously the whole U.S. election is still in doubt in many people's minds, and but like Twitter polls, fine, they're 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 they're, they're legit.
2: Yeah, to, to answer your question, uh, by the time the next one rolls around, we'll have a hookup in Belfast so we can get some fucking books over there really, and just drive them over the border.
0: <laughs> Maybe there'll be a United Ireland by the time the next book comes out, so it'll be fine. All right, that's, that's, that's open that. Yeah, let's open yeah. that.
2: That's a good box. one to end on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay, quick roundup. There's a few last little uh, uh, loose, loose ends here. We spoke last week about poker paint. Um, and obviously, the sort of scandal that was brewing slightly was like, how litigious are people going to guess? You know, how much is this gonna, guy going to do the right thing and maybe uh, interact with the photographers ahead of time, maybe share a bit of the spoils or whatever it's going to be? Obviously, we spoke about Cat Ironsby, Ironsby's excellent piece on this. Well, since then, five notable poker player, poker photographers, I should say, sent a cease and desist to Mr. Brett Butts, um, the five photographers, Eric Harkins, Drew Amado, Haley. Holchester, uh, Neil Stoddart and our good pal Danny Waxwell, who I was actually talking to all the way through this kind of period, uh, are represented in a letter drafted by attorney Andrea Weiss. The notice states that the photographers have an interest in your converting their photographers on your website. I understand that you do not wish to breach their copyrights, which was something he had sort of subsequently said, but your continuing use of their photos constitutes such a breach. The notice continues, in order that you discontinue this behaviour, if you do not cease and desist use of these photos immediately or alternatively negotiate a licensing arrangement with each photographer my clients will be forced to file a class action lawsuit against you since you have profited from this improper activity for some time now you could be subject to substantial damages a sixth photographer quite a famous one joe Duran, uh, is handling his interest regarding the poker pay situation separately from that group but imagine if it turned into a class action thing he might be well on top of that as well But in response, has received the notice uh, and retained some counsel on the matter. I guess we just kind of wait and see for that one. Final bit of news Robbie Strazyginski, our good pal, uh, completed the end of his card player lifestyle mixed game festival. That was that four day hybrid festival, which culminated in a $200. Horse event. He ended up getting 124 runners for the horse event with a platinum pass added, which, by the way, pretty much doubled or maybe even more than doubled the prize pool. Um, the event was ultimately won by, and this is great for Robbie because it gives him a big name on the tin now as well. Former WSOP main event champion Fossil Man Greg Raymer he took it down there in the uh, wee hours of last night as well. So it was a big day for poker. Lots of big results, lots of big names taking down some stuff. Very happy for Robbie. Obviously, he put an awful lot of work into that. It might mean it will come back. We wish him the best. It remains for me to say, Dara O'Carney, thank you so much for another excellent appearance on The Lock-In.
1: Thank you, David. And just one thing I want to ask you before you go. Um, Hunter's like four now, right?
0: Uh, four and a half.
1: Four and a half, yeah. Maybe get him to read those bits in the future because you did
2: such a horrendous performance of reading those bits. <laughs>
0: you got a bit tongue-twisted, Dara. Yeah, it. It's
2: a brilliant way to end a, uh, a podcast, reading a cease and desist letter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> okay. Barry Carter, thank you very much. You were great as always. We might even have you back for a third time. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks a million, guys.
2: Pop up. <laughs>